this is a sex podcast, but this is also a podcast where we're going to talk about the hard stuff. We're going to talk about the stuff that's that's difficult, that's scary, that's not sexy, because I think things can only be so sexy if you aren't dealing with the hard stuff. Right. And you could say that uh, things get sexier when you deal with those things. Yes, exactly. You can talk about it from a relationship standpoint of if you are with someone, then you have to work through that shit if you want to get to the next level stuff. But even if you're listening and you're not in a relationship with anyone, if you can't deal with your own hard stuff, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be harder to get to some of the fun stuff that you want to do with other people. If you want to level up. Then you got to do the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing, the hard stuff. This is King Quest, leveling up our kink achievements one dungeon at a time. We are your adventuring companions through the world of kink, Anna and Soren Sterling. And this is episode three, Clearing the Table. Hey there, everybody. Actually, this is episode three, and the achievement in it, achievement unlocked, reskill. Respec? Respec. There you go. <laughs> As opposed to respect, which respect is something is different. different. It's respect. like we're starting an Ali G episode. Oh, respect! <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's for the uh, for the people in the back who are Ali G fans. I'm sure he's problematic now. I'm gonna so, be honest. Oh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen? Are yeah, you kidding? I'm sure. Uh, so for for the non gaming nerds, uh, folks who who don't pay attention to gaming or don't participate in it. Uh, respecking is essentially where you're going through the process of a game and you're leveling up your skills and you say, you know what, actually, I'm not happy with the way that I made my character or the, the skills that I gave yeah, them. So let's, yeah, so let's actually clarify even one step further mm-hmm. in case there are any non-gamers left yeah. in the world at this point. There uh, are. So We talked to one today. Oh, I suppose we did. Mm-hmm. As you grow stronger and gain levels, then you get points. And you can spend those points on different skills. So I could be stronger or I could be smarter. Or you could focus on magic or you could focus on sneakiness. Right. And at some point in the game, sometimes you realize that you've been spending all those points in a direction that's not where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then usually you have the opportunity to be able to respec mm-hmm. your character. Respecify. And what that lets you do is get all your points back and start over again. Mm-hmm. So if I had all of this to do over again, what would I do different? Right. So we can't actually respec. It would be nice, right. but not a thing that can happen. Uh, but we wanted to talk about kind of the respec process that we've been going through lately. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have. So we're early 40s. We're early 40s. Mm-hmm. And uh, our kids are teenagers. Mm-hmm. Just almost, almost out of the house. Almost out of the house, but also very much out of our care at yep. this point already. You know, they have they, their own friends. They have their own lives. They have their own stuff going on. They're not waiting around looking for us to take care of them. We're, you know, We still spend time together. All great. Happy family stuff. But we're getting some space in our life that we we're haven't had. Some independence. Yeah, for many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've made progress in all kinds of skill trees mm-hmm. of kink. We have, you know, progressed way down the swing swinger skill tree and mm-hmm. then realized that we would have respect a lot of that if we could. <laughs> uh, we have toyed with many elements of BDSM. Mm-hmm. And then we had kind of a lot of important things happen all mm-hmm. right in a row. 
So for one, the major club in Seattle, the major club environment shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost their building. They couldn't find another building for a very long time. And then over the process of trying to open up that new building, there was much drama and much of the community kind of scattered. Yeah. Uh, and so the place where we were going to events mm -hmm. really was no more. Just kind and of went away. Again, they have reopened mm -hmm. a new location, but it's it's a different it's a different conversation. Well, and I think you know that's kind of on the surface, but I think that uh, uh, this podcast is about sexy stuff and kinky stuff, but it's also about life stuff. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> when when you go through a series of events, uh, and it kind of causes you to uh, review where you've come. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of hit the place where where we we needed to reassess how we spent our points and and kind of where we wanted to go. So something else around the time that that the club shut down and we stopped being able to go to events. Uh, there were events that happened in the world. You know, everybody knows about kind of the Me Too stuff mm -hmm. that, that happened and conversations that happened. And we've also talked about the fact that I have, like many, many women, trauma in my past. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I would have told you that I had resolved all of that, mm -hmm. that I was at peace, that everything was fine. And then things happened in the world that made me start really questioning whether that was true mm -hmm. and whether I really was at peace. And as a lot of that stuff kind of started to rise up in me, it made it made me react to things unpredictably in mm -hmm. ways. And whatever, you know, we were we were never as close to a 24/7 kind of dynamic as I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But whatever we were doing in terms of DS there's so, so 24 seven is basically 24 hours, seven day a week, uh, dominant submissive relationship. Yes. For folks like me. <laughs> when, uh, where you are, whether that's master slave, dominant submissive, mm -hmm. daddy, baby girl, whatever mm -hmm. it is, uh, or, you know, flip that for genders. Other way. Yep. That you are that mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And I think really that's where I would be if, mm -hmm. if left to my own devices and if we had all the time and energy and resources that we needed. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we were doing in our in our recreational time, as I started to have kind of unexpected responses to things that you would do, you know, I think your your approach to DS has always been you refuse to dominate. Mm -hmm until you can predict what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. You need to understand what you're messing with before mm -hmm. you will mess with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm risk averse. Yes, mm -hmm. so you know, I can remember a time, a long time ago when I said <laughs> to you, and it's funny because now I think back and I'm like, why, you were not ready for this. But I said, uh, I wanna play with more impact. Mm -hmm. And I said, I wanna play with yellow. Mm -hmm. uh, so if green light is go, 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 I want mm -hmm. more, and red light is no, 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 please stop. Mm -hmm. Yellow is, I don't know. Kind of pushing the barrier. I kind of think I might want to stop, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And I said, I really want to play with yellow. Mm -hmm. And I, I I, wanted to know what that felt like. It was not a thing where I got into something that I didn't get out over mm -hmm. my skis. I wanted to know what it felt like to mm -hmm. push those boundaries. And what happened is I discovered 
in our <laughs> dungeon with the round bed that mm-hmm. was kind of a bad idea all the way around. We can yeah. talk more about that later. Uh, what I kind of discovered is that I became very sub-vocal mm-hmm. and couldn't really express myself, which now that I know what I know, that's mm-hmm. super common. But at the time, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. And worse, you didn't know that that was a thing that could mm-hmm. happen. And so uh, we played, we did a bunch of impact, we went to bed. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, I said to you, so I was thinking about last night and that was, I got more than I wanted last night. Mm-hmm. So. You know, in the future, I might do things differently. And I was zero level upset. Mm -hmm. I was like not at all bothered by it. I was very curious about the whole thing. But for you to discover that I had been being hit harder than I wanted to Mm -hmm. be hit and didn't tell you that, Mm -hmm. it spooked you so much that you would not play Impact with me. Mm -hmm. It was probably a year Mm -hmm. before you would play any of that with me. And I think that happened. So that thing that happened with Impact Mm -hmm. That really happened with with DS, with Dominance and Submission, as I started to hit those kind of rocky waters Mm -hmm. with with my trauma, you started to realize that you couldn't predict if something was going to be upsetting for me, Mm -hmm. if it was going to be scary for me. Um, There were just some missed signals where you thought something was going well and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it just, it spooked you to the point where it was like there were rocks under the water everywhere and you just didn't know where was safe. Yeah. And so you just wouldn't really dominate me anymore at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was a thing that we were kind of navigating. Mm -hmm. And our kids have been going through their own growing pains and that's been difficult for our sex life? Mm-hmm. When I, I found that that having young kids, it seemed like it was a little bit easier for me, but that's mm-hmm. a big a big part of that was just being gone at work. And, <laughs> and you're true. the full-time caretaker. That's true. Uh, and so then coming home when the kids are teenagers, uh, young teenagers, kind of uh, combative mm-hmm. teenagers, uh, you know, one in particular always looking to pick a fight. Uh, I found that very difficult. It was really stressful. And so, you know, trying to find a place where you can take the parenting hat off mm-hmm. and put on and put on a daddy hat or put on a, a dom hat, uh, it it was so exhausting to me mm-hmm. uh, that by the time you got through uh, bedtime and whatever the mm-hmm. issue of the day was, there wouldn't be anything left at that point. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard because in some ways your uh what i would call your natural dominant tendencies mm-hmm. really worked have worked against you in mm-hmm. having teenagers mm-hmm. because you know our whole marriage one of the biggest challenges for me is that i don't ever i don't ever get the spankings that i want mm-hmm. because i don't ever not do the things that you tell me to do sure and there are kids to hear all the spankings well that's that's a whole separate mm-hmm. conversation but i'm saying like that is yeah. a thing that uh i was like why don't you ever like feel the urge to spank me mm-hmm. and the real answer why was because like if you said a thing needed to be done that thing got done hell mm-hmm. or high water because mm-hmm. i am just so died in the wool completely or not died in the wool i don't know I am so completely to my bones mm-hmm. submissive. Mm-hmm. And so when you say, 
uh, chores need to be done around here. And the teenagers say, yeah, yeah, I'll get, get to it. Yeah. And then they half-ass it yeah. and then they wander off. Mm-hmm. That bothers you to a deeper level mm-hmm. than I think someone who has fewer of those dominant tendencies. Mm-hmm. Because while you can dominate a submissive very mm-hmm. well, teenage children are a different game. Yeah. And Especially they, if one is a dom, right? <laughs> yes. And yes, that is the case. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think that that there is a lot of that in our household mm-hmm. where there's that energy of, of uh, it, you know, driving you nuts. Um, yeah, there's a whole piece there. And I, I think actually raising kids mm-hmm. who have very clear feelings about their status mm-hmm. in that and, world. And they both do. Is a, an interesting conversation and we mm-hmm. should have it for an episode. Mm-hmm. But the point here is that. Having teenage kids was hard for you in a way that having little kids wasn't. Little kids, like, they take a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of effort, and then you wear them out, and then you put them to bed, and then you're free. Whereas I think teenage kids, even when you, I I think we have great relationships Mm -hmm. with our kids, but even when you have a great relationship, teenagers, they just... Their job is to fight you. They just take energy in a way that little kids, they take mental energy. Mm-hmm. Little kids take more physical energy mm-hmm. than teenagers. Teenagers take more mental energy. Mm-hmm. So that is something that has been a drain on our sex life, on yeah. our DS life, everything. And it's been along with all these other little pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. which means there are times when my joints hurt there. And again, I mean, most people at this point in life yeah, have, have stuff, stuff. Yeah. but I have medical stuff that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And finally, on top of all of that, uh, we kind of came to a point around the end of last year mm-hmm. when it became clear that in response to a lot of these stressors, and we also have our own business, and mm-hmm. that's a whole nother ball of wax. Mm-hmm. And in response to all of these stressors that uh, you had just reached the point where that you were just consuming too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another interesting conversation because mm-hmm. in my life as a child growing up, you know someone is drinking too much when he becomes volatile. Violent. He becomes violent. Mm-hmm. He becomes scary. He yeah. hits people. He loses control. He goes to work drunk. Mm-hmm. And none of those things were happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why I, we let it go for so long and so far is because, Daddy, when you drink too much, you are amorous, mm-hmm. you are sweet, you are less funny than you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you you make, you make uh, lots of bad dad jokes mm-hmm. and you wander off and you go to sleep somewhere. Mm-hmm. I was going to say sleepy. You wander off and yeah. you go to sleep. And... Because there was never any problematic behavior, because it never became an issue where I, I never had concerns that you were going to drink at work. Mm-hmm. That was something that was always clearly in your control. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed like it must not be a big deal that bottles of liquor were disappearing very quickly mm-hmm. uh, and that you were asleep very mm-hmm. early every night. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize how much that was taking away from our time, mm-hmm. the idea that the fact that you were having so much stress and then drinking to relieve the stress and then going away and going to sleep mm-hmm. and waking up the next morning and doing it all over again. Yeah. And there was just nothing left in life for us. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of got worse and worse and came to a head in like November mm-hmm. of last year. Yeah. And at that point, part of what caused all of that to come to a head was my realization that we weren't having sex the way we used to. Mm-hmm. We weren't really 
doing anything with the DS the way that we used to. We, our mm-hmm. sex toy drawer was languishing. We didn't even yep. have the sex toy. Everything drawer. covered in dust. They were in a laundry basket Crushed under, under the our bed. bed. Yep. And one of the canes was broken <laughs> and you didn't even know it. And so uh, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. And we, I kind of came to you and I said, this needs to change. Mm-hmm. I need this to change. Mm-hmm. And you said, I agree, it mm-hmm. needs to change. And you stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was, I knew that you were drinking too much, but I had no idea that it was as physically taxing on you as it was. Mm-hmm. And so then it was a good two months before you were even capable of anything. Mm-hmm. The was, headaches yeah, it was and exhausting. brain fog and like, deep, deep depression. Mm-hmm. And it was so costly to stop drinking. And I didn't realize that's what we were looking at. Mm-hmm. But I think you did. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew. Which is kind of how another way that it got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but months more mm-hmm. of our relationship being on hold. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the message that I kept sending was just give it a second. And I know a second is a really long second. It was a uh, six months. Right. Oh, yeah. Six months oh, yeah. before you came back. Yeah. But but I felt confident that uh, if given enough time and given enough space, that, that it would be a different thing when we got to the other end of it. And I didn't know where the other end of it was, but I knew there was another end to it. Well, and in all fairness, the place where I was was that... I think a lot of this, again, does come back to the submissive that I am. Mm-hmm. That for me to come to you and tell you to change your behavior, mm-hmm. daddies do what daddies want. Mm-hmm. And you don't tell daddies mm-hmm. what to do. Uh, and and if... So I guess I feel like it took... I didn't perceive a problem and then immediately come to you and mm-hmm. say, this is a problem, it needs to stop. What happened was... I saw a problem and I kept refusing to look at it, refusing to think about it. You know, I told you how I watched the bottles, I watched the liquor disappear and I wanted to draw lines <laughs> to see how fast it was going right. because I wasn't sure if it was just me. Mm-hmm. And so there was all of this time that I was going through all of this turmoil and it took my breaking point for me to ask you to stop mm-hmm. because it didn't feel like that was my right mm-hmm. to to say that to you. It felt like, you know, again, the the thought that I had over and over again, and I know this comes from my childhood, I know it does, was he works hard. Mm -hmm. He loves you. He takes care of you and the children. Mm -hmm. If he wants to come home and drink, who are you to tell him he can't do that? Mm -hmm. And so I had to hit my breaking point in order for me to come to you and say, I need you to stop. Mm And so then it was six months after I hit my breaking point and mm-hmm. I needed you. I needed, I needed not just you, I needed daddy mm-hmm. to, to tell me that everything was going to be okay and that we were going to find each other again and that, uh, that you did still love me that way and that mm-hmm. you did still want me that way. And I know you were telling me those things, mm-hmm. but, but they were words. You weren't able to show me those things. Mm-hmm. You were not in any condition. Mm-hmm. And so it was really difficult. It was really, really difficult to live through that time. And I think something I'm really proud of both of us for 
was that it would have been really easy for you to have been in that much discomfort mm-hmm. and be resentful to me mm-hmm. because I'm the one who had a problem with your drinking. Mm-hmm. And it would have been really easy for me to have been in that state feeling lost and, and bereft mm-hmm. and to be angry at you and feel like you did this to us or mm-hmm. to me. And I think we did a really good job at taking care of each other through that time mm-hmm. the best that we could. The best we could. The best that we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, even when we couldn't take care of each other at not making it worse mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. But it was hard. And so uh, then things were kind of maybe thinking about coming back around. Mm-hmm. We planned a trip to Orcas Island, our favorite place in the world. Get ready for it. And COVID hit. Yeah. And And if you could pick a worse time to stop drinking, <laughs> man, COVID is is a tough time for that. Yes. And I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. But I also have many, many nights mm-hmm. been so deeply grateful that we addressed this before COVID because oh, yeah. it would have gotten worse. Yeah. Absolutely. It would have gotten worse. Yeah. Well, and, and there were points where we, we kind of changed gears and got more productive and kind of said, okay, now what? What are we going to do? Let's pivot. Let's move. Uh, and I don't know that that I would have had it in me to, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So COVID went on for a bit. Yep. Things were worse for a bit. Uh, and then the point came when I came to you and I said, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. You're not getting better. And at this point, I had a lot of fears that uh, maybe you were having trouble with clinical depression mm-hmm. that caused you to drink. Maybe this wasn't about the drinking at all. Maybe this was some underlying clinical depression that you mm-hmm. needed help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a point when I felt like I couldn't just leave you on the couch anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, the first thing that happened was for one week, I, again, submissive all the way through. And whether I want to be there or not, if you sit down on the couch and put something on the TV, this is just something else that whether you meant to or not, mm-hmm. you have conditioned me to do. I am beside you. Mm-hmm. That is what I do. And if I don't want to be on the couch watching TV, then I need to convince you that we should do something else mm-hmm. because that is you want and need me at your side. And that's how that works. And for one week of our lives, I was like, I can't. I can't be here anymore. I cannot sit here anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what did I do? Did I did I get up and throw something down? Did I throw a fit? Mm-hmm. Did I tell you you needed to change things? No. I just got up, went in the bedroom, and picked up a book. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, and when you came in and said, everything okay? What's going on? I said, yep, just reading my book. Pleasant, nice. But that was... I think the message that you needed mm-hmm. uh, in order to be ready to start changing things mm-hmm. that when you realized that, that I wasn't going to be able to stay on the couch beside you forever. Mm-hmm. And we talked and we decided to start walking together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if as, if you as a listener have ever been to Seattle, mm-hmm. But we have hills. Yeah. Like we don't real, quite have San Francisco hills. No, but real, real hills. hills. Yeah. Going on a, a nice, even grounded walk is difficult to do. You have to kind of chart out a course. Uh, but it's it's common for walks that we do to be between 10 and 30 stories. Yeah. I, yeah. I have, I have a Fitbit and it 
will regularly tell me that we have done a 30 story walk. Mm -hmm. So it's, we have hills and walking together was good because I think that the exercise kind of jolted you out of the state that you were in. Got blood moving and yeah. Uh, But also what we found is that on those walks, there is no TV to look at. And we started talking more. Mm -hmm. And just like we talked about last episode, how taking the time to get ready for conclave and taking that time to kind of do these ritualistic things to to make my body what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. In the same way, taking the time to go and walk together and talk together, it it started to change things and it started to move things. And I, I think that uh, it's fair to note that that we got together young mm-hmm. and uh, we were high school sweethearts. We were we were close and young. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with you when I was 16. And I you felt, were 17. And I felt like uh, uh, going on the walks, it was a little bit like being back there. I felt like it was a little bit like kind of starting over. We used to walk together when we first started dating. We would go drive to parks, mm-hmm. and then we would walk all over the park, mm-hmm. and then we'd usually go back to the car and find some place to go park and make out. And there were uh, <laughs> places where uh, where you would say, "Well, what about this?" I know that in in the past, uh, you know, you you would approach things that that we failed at before. And you would just kind of assume that, well, no, that's not going to work out because we don't work that way or that mm-hmm. that can't happen. And uh, one of the, the asks that I had was do your best to kind of wipe that clean mm-hmm. and, and just go at it with open eyes. Mm-hmm. Just start over with all of those assumptions. Start mm-hmm. over with everything. Mm-hmm. Because I think something that was happening a lot between us that I didn't realize, I think, you know, they talk about subs putting doms onto a pedestal Mm -hmm. and i would have said there's no way i don't do that i'm not doing that i really felt it thought that i could that i could see your weaknesses Mm -hmm. because i could see a lot of weaknesses in you in a lot of ways i've got plenty but it was only i think when you fell so low Mm -hmm. That, you know, we started to have some of these conversations and I started to understand the level of misunderstanding for two people who loved one another every single day. And just all we do is spend time together and love each other. And still there was just so much that we were missing and misunderstanding where when I would really want a a DS thing to happen Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't happen the way I wanted it then I would tell myself that it didn't happen that way because you chose for it not to. Mm-hmm. Daddy doesn't want to give you that. Mm-hmm. So you don't. And it's, and it's intentional. And it felt. So if you think about it this way, if I said, Daddy, I want ice cream. Mm-hmm. And you said, no, you cannot have ice cream. If I continue for the rest of that night to say to you, but Daddy, I, I want it. I want ice cream, Daddy. That's not okay. In our, that's not in my head, in my dynamic, that's not the way I should behave. Mm-hmm. If you tell me no, then it's my job. The way that I show you my devotion and my submission is by respecting that no, mm-hmm. even if it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think what was happening is I was often hearing no and then not talking to you about it because I was trying to respect the no. Mm-hmm. 
but the no had never actually happened. Mm -hmm. You had never actually realized that whole transaction happened. And so here I was going along and being suffering Mm -hmm. and not saying anything about it because I felt that that was what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, you had no idea any of that was going on. All you knew was I was unhappy. You couldn't figure out how to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that you know, where I was at, uh, I, I was working with a different toolbox or, or a scarcer toolbox. And uh, the approach that we've taking, taken and we're taking now um, is that, that we're looking at everything with kind of fresh eyes. And we're looking at everything, reconsidering everything uh, from, from a DS standpoint, from a kink standpoint, uh, from a relationship standpoint, uh, to, to try and go at it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the, the respecking of our relationship uh, to make sure that, that if we're, we choose to do a thing or we're avoiding doing a thing, we're doing it with open eyes and we fully understand what it is that we're doing. And we're saying it out loud because, again, I think it's crazy because we work together mm-hmm. every day, all day. Mm-hmm. For easily three years now, we have spent every day, all day together. Mm-hmm. If we don't talk about what's going on at work, we will lose clients. Mm-hmm. We will lose money. Mm-hmm. We will not be able to pay our rent. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's easy to lose sight of each other and lose track of each other if you kind of start drifting apart. Mm-hmm. But what was crazy to me was how we were together all the time, every day, and yet we were losing track of each other anyway, mm-hmm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. So enter the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I have had several sex blogs that I've tried to get off the ground and make work because this is something that, I mean, again, I was 21, 22 when mm-hmm. we started going to, well, going to strip clubs. Yeah. And then 23, 24, when we started going to sex clubs. And being around people who are sex positive and like to talk about sex, that's something that has just been an interest of mine always. Forever. Forever. Yeah. And Even back to when you were like a... Uh, middle school kid reading uh, all sorts of <laughs> all sorts yeah, of adult materials exploratory books yes mm-hmm. uh, and so and and I have been a writer my whole life mm-hmm. and have written all kinds of erotic content and that's something I've been very comfortable with what, what is the the voice that you use it's the uh, is it terrifying goddess voice or yeah, you. I forget what you call it. It's something. It's the something. It's like the detached goddess voice. Is it? I don't know. I don't okay. remember. But there's a goddess yeah. voice involved. Yeah. Um, so written, written lots of erotic stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and been comfortable with a lot of that. Submitting to erotic journals and mm-hmm. reading a lot of erotica. I mean, I read actually Delta Venus when I was like thirteen, mm-hmm. and so I always knew I wanted to be sex blogger, sex podcaster, something. I didn't want to do a podcast by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a sex blog and then kind of ran out of steam at that. I know I had one that I called Blushing Grace. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, there were two iterations of that because I created that site, posted a bunch to it, kind of ran out of steam, Mm -hmm. uh, then revamped it, Mm -hmm. posted a bunch, kind of ran out of steam again. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was that I needed you to read my blog. Mm -hmm. I needed you to comment on it. I needed you to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of that time was when you were off working Mm -hmm. elsewhere and very busy. Mm -hmm. Um, But you never did. You never did. You, you, if I brought you a thing and said, I want to read this to you, you would always listen and give me mm-hmm. feedback. But you never went to my blog right. and read it and said, oh, I noticed you posted something. Of my today. own volition. Yeah. You just were never involved. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, my last sex blog that I started was Exploring the Depths, which I'd like to start up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get this running first. Yeah. Uh, One and, thing at a time. And when I launched that was when I got really serious about the idea of wanting to do a podcast mm-hmm. with you. And we have another podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a boring work podcast. <laughs> boring work stuff. Boring work stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but we've really found our rhythm and have been doing that for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this translation, I felt like, was was about the right time to do it. But the point is that for three years, I've been saying, Daddy, Daddy, when can we do a podcast? Mm -hmm. And you have said to me, I don't know that it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works. I don't know what we talk about. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe one day. And then recently I said, you know, I really would like, you've been really enjoying our other podcast. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but what I really want to do is our sex podcast. And instead of saying, I don't know, I don't know, you said, tell me more about what you see that being. Mm -hmm. And And this is kind of the the respec piece too, because that was the previous conversation where we dismissed things, we kind of threw things out. uh, And now more and more, the, the line of questioning is what? What does mm-hmm. it look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have? What what thoughts do you have? Where do you want to go? But your interaction with it was definitely just really different this mm-hmm. time than it had been in the past. And that night, uh, when we sat down on the couch and put the t- went to put the TV on, mm-hmm. instead of putting the TV on, you pulled up OneNote mm-hmm. and said, "Let's talk more about this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what this looks like. Let's let's start building this out." Yeah. And so it wasn't just that you agreed to come along, but you actually kind of drove the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that was what I was waiting for all along. And so here we are recording episode three of Kink Quest. There you go. So uh, that's a little bit about the uh, the respec discussion Mm -hmm. uh, and the achievement that's associated with that. And hopefully you can... Go about your own respecting when it's appropriate in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please like, subscribe. Please like, review. subscribe, review, share. Mm-hmm. Uh, Visit us on the community at mm-hmm. kingquest.org. Come and claim all of your achievements and say hello. Yeah, we're looking forward to, to chatting with folks. So next week... We are going to be talking in episode four about BDSM 101. So we're going to be talking about kind of where all of our different beginnings were mm-hmm. uh, into BDSM, specifically into DS. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn more about BDSM basics or you want to hear 
how we started to interact with it. Come and check it out, episode four. See you on the next level. See you on the next level. This is Kink Quest, leveling up our kink achievements one dungeon at a time. We are your ab. This. <laughs> that doesn't even sound remotely like my ass. My ass sounds so much nicer when you smack it. So much nicer. I'm trying to get there. I know, but you can't do it. Blowing up the mic. Your hand just just doesn't have that voluptuous, mm, like lush, lushness yeah. of my ass. Maybe we'll have to record that at some point. There you go.